But I don't know anyone where everything's perfect in our lives. If we're all honest, there's all areas where we do want to change. I've had to really take a good look at myself and see how much yeah. energy I've wasted over the years worrying about things. What am I going to do tomorrow when that inner voice has always been there? Belittling me and, and putting me down and never encouraging me. What am I going to answer to that voice? Because that voice is not going to go away. And that's not because you are crazy. Because everybody has got that little voice. Yeah, and yeah. and this is the thing. Yeah. Like, I think you said so many times in this interview, and I'm so grateful that you have, that this is not about beating yourself up. It's not about judging yourself. There's a huge difference between understanding where you're at and criticizing yourself. I think there are two things that we should start our morning with, that it's a must. That doesn't mean that they need to go to boot camp. You know, like that doesn't mean that they need to become plant-based overnight. What it is meditation? Do I have to become a monk, like, you know, in a cave and humming? No. Like, that is a killer of any any physical, mental and emotional health chance of you feeling in control of your life. You know, people that succeed, they have a plan. They don't don't just go with the flow. Hello, my name's Catherine Edwards, host of the Live, Love, Learn podcast. Um, for people that are listening to this on a podcast platform rather than on my YouTube. Now, I am absolutely delighted to have back a guest that I've had on my channel before, Angelica Allen. And Angelica Allen is a health and life coach. And we did a first interview that I really encourage everyone listening to, which was about the mindset that changed my life. And Angelica explains the journey that's got to got her to where she is today. But today we are going to be speaking about something that is absolutely fundamental to every single one of us watching, because when we start having a better grasp of this, everything in our life changes. And what we're going to be talking about today is habits everything to do with habits, how we can recognize when our current ones are no longer serving us, and most importantly, how we can recreate new habits which are going to serve us physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually to create the life that we want. So Angelica, first and foremost, thank you so much for coming back today. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Catherine, for having me. It's just a pleasure. It's so great to reconnect our first episode. Like I said, I really encourage people to listen to it. It was amazing. And today we're going to be answering a few questions from that episode as well, which I think it's it's great that people are, you know, participating, wanting to make some changes to improve their life as well. And I think the initiative that you're doing here, it's incredible. It's so, so amazing. You know, we need more people like you doing this kind of work. I think living consciously is such an important part of our lives if we want to create, you know, this beautiful, happy and fulfilled life that we are in this lifetime to live for. So thank you so much for having me here. 
It's absolutely a pleasure. And I really love the fact that so many of our listeners let ask questions below our live uh, last video. So for those of you watching this on YouTube, please do ask questions in the comments and Angelica and I can come back and cover those next time. And for those of you listening onto a podcast platform, all my contact details to email any questions through are below. Now, before we really launch into it, we are having a few internet issues because Angelica's in the middle of a move. So if we freeze a bit, just bear with us. It's worth sticking through because there's so much information. Let's start, Angelica, with some of the questions we had last time, if that's okay. I've written a few of them down and you can, um, um, if I've missed any, let me know. But the reason I think we should start with these is they lead really nicely. They link into what we're going to be talking about today, many of them anyway. Um, so we have one really good question. Um where I'm not mentioning people's names, just just in because I didn't ask them if they're happy to have their yeah. names. But this was a really good question. I have a full-time job and a daughter. All of this super healthy living is very good and well, but how do we fit in time for it? Seriously, the other day to make healthy food, I had to choose between seeing my daughter and making us a nice meal. I'd really appreciate an episode on fitting all this into a day-week schedule. Bulk cooking is a good idea, but is this great frozen? Sometimes hearing about all the health supplements and what I'm doing wrong actually adds stress onto a life where I struggle to fit things in. I think a lot of people can empathize with that, Angelica. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's real. Everybody's busy, right? Like I, you know, so for the people that don't know about my story that I shared in the last episode, I am a stage three back cancer survivor and I started my healing journey during chemotherapy. So for me, it was somehow kind of a gradual increase into, you know, uh, have new habits that I had to fit in in a busy life because during chemo, I was at home. But then once I started getting back to normal life and I needed to go to work and be at work and, and do things and do normal things in life and life got busy, I had to fit in everything that I did, you know, within my whole life again, right? And I think that um, one thing that it's very, very easy to do is that think that health put aside, right? Like, so that question it, it, that you're talking about, you know, how do I fit in? You know, like, how can I, you know, should I spend time with my daughter or cook a health meal? Why can't we just do both together? You know, my kids came in this journey with me, right? And, <laughs> you know, I, um, you know, and I'm not saying that they cook with me every day, but my kids, they want to know what are we having for dinner? They cherish like sitting down together and having a good meal together. You know, they want to participate on the choices that we're going to have, you know, every day because they know how important it is to eat healthily. So if, if you know, if they're kind of, you know, going around the house and not knowing what to do because I don't want them to be on devices and things like that, I'll say to them, okay, well, you can come and help me or you can go and read a book next to me or you can draw like my daughter likes drawing next to me. So it's kind of because I think, you know, it, it depends on the age as well. I think when they are little, they just want to be close to you. They just want to be with you. You know, and if you're kind of, you know, listening to some music together and they are doing their activity or just by being close, you know, physically, you know, they are happy because they have you there. You can be talking about your day to day or, you know, what is happening at school and things like that. So it's not a choice of, you know, should I do this or that? It's just how you can incorporate and making fun. You know, if it becomes a chore, nobody 
wants to do it, right? To start making the habit of making health as your priority, you fit in, you don't just leave it out and it doesn't become a chore, you know? And I think that, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit further after we answer a few more questions, how we do that, how we create that, you know, that is kind of in a sustainable way for the long term, which is, I think it's the most important thing, you know, like how can we, it's not like a diet plan for 10 weeks, for 12 weeks is how do you do that as part of our life? And, you know, and don't forget the benefits of like showing your kids, modeling to your kids, you know, how important the importance that you give to health, right? Like my kids, I am like guarantee a hundred percent in my journey wasn't about just changing me, my physical, mental and emotional health. It was about how can I teach them? How can I model to them? to always put themselves first, to always put their health first so they never have to go through what I went through. So yeah. I think that's kind of how we change, again, our mindset behind the little bits that get us stuck. I love it. And it's exactly what I do. You know, children do what we do, not what we say. So if we're saying exactly. that we're putting healthy eating as a priority and not spending time doing with it, but children love gardening. I mean, my children, I get a lot about because I've got so many animals and everyone's always like sees it as a chore. And I'm like, no, it's not a chore. It's a benefit. It gets me out yeah. of nature every day. It builds my microbiome. It keeps me moving. It keeps me fit. Yeah. My children have grown up doing that with every day. And what an amazing way to start your morning. So we spend a lot of energy, don't we, on thoughts, and we're going to come on to this with the habits. It's really important. We're spending a lot of energy worrying, and I am a natural worrier. My natural personality, <laughs> if I've I've had to really take a good look at myself and see how much yeah. energy I've wasted over the years worrying about things. Yeah. What we're hopefully going to start off today and come back and do more of is how we can convert that energy into something more positive. So it was a really lovely question. Thank you so much. The next one I've got is equally good. Um, so she really, she is uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer stage three in November and feel very strongly that with the right mindset, I will absolutely survive this. I'm halfway through my second round of chemo of 12 weeks and I meditate and flow with the situation, no fighting. My question is, I know I have to exercise more, but because of the chemo, I'm just too tired. I go out for walks every day as long as I can or go for a bicycle ride, but still my muscles have become very weak. I just feel I, I feel to just let my dear body have all the rest it needs right now. And then in six weeks, when I finish the chemo, start with the gym. I would like to know if following the needs of my body now is a smart thing to do, or should I force myself to do more exercise? I think that is a great question. That is a very, very powerful question. So during chemotherapy, uh, somebody sent me a video of a lady who, who was battling stage four cancer, bowel cancer at the time, and she had uh, beat the stage four, four cancer. I had stage three B with exercise. As soon as I saw that, I was like, that's it. I need to make exercise as a priority. Now, for this person who asked that question, I was sick 24-7. You know, if you ever felt morning sickness, I felt like this 24-7. I didn't, I had probably a minute of relief just after I ate and that was it, nothing else. So I was sick. I was tired. The first session, I, I spent five days in bed. 
you know, like it was, it was rough. It was not easy at all, but there is science backing up exercise during cancer treatment. Now that it's, you can't deny the benefits of exercising during chemo anymore. Oncologists should be actually encouraging it. You know, this was five years for me. Oncologists should be encouraging people to doing that because now it's it's a fact it's a real it's a science backing this up so that's the first right the second um i do understand that the body needs a lot of rest so it's not again it's not the should i do this or should i do that you need to do both yeah so um and 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 both are going to be equally important and how do you go about it is that you need to learn and connect your body in the process what it is the balance that I push my body and I respect my body. And it's a very fine line that nobody can tell you apart from yourself. But there is no growth if you don't push your body, mm-hmm. right? If you don't push your body in the six weeks, you know, for me it was seven and a half months. If I hadn't done any exercise, my body would have gone like that. But my body didn't because I was able to finish chemo feeling stronger than I started and I had 12 sessions. If I hadn't done any exercise, all my muscles, all, everything would have declined a lot. Yeah. But I wasn't in that position. I didn't have cancer fatigue. I didn't have anything because I exercised daily. Now, again, how do you go about that? It's a habit. I started with five minutes in a walk around the block five minutes yoga when I couldn't even get out of the house, five minutes on my bike that I put on a wind trainer. And then from five, you go to six, you go to seven, you go to eight. But, you know, let me tell you, you're not going to feel like it. Mm. You are not going to feel like it. But, you know, you have to make a decision. You know, if I I used to ask myself every single morning, do I want to live or die? I didn't have any other options. Staying in bed wasn't an option for me. Yes. You know, I really strongly believe that, you know, like, the, especially in a cancer journey, there is lots of moving parts. Not doing one thing, it's going to be the, the, the solution for the problem. It's doing a lot of different things. And exercise is a massive important part. So it's really playing around. Sometimes I would just go for it and I would like, be sweating so much that my peak line, I had a peak line on my arm, would just get in, like irritated, mm. you know, and they'll be like, oh, you know, the oncologist will be like, oh, maybe you should stop exercising. And I'm like, no, I'm not stopping exercising. So it, it is really a fine line that only you can connect your body each time and feel in yourself, you know, today, how much can I push my body? And how much can I respect my body? And that just creates such a beautiful connection with your body, you know, that I still have today. I know when I am tired and I need to get to bed earlier. Mm -hmm. I know what I need to do to push myself in an exercise session, in a yoga session. You know, if I'm, I know exactly what my body needs because I, I created that connection with my body. Love it. I think that's such good advice. Um, So I hope that helps. Thank you. We're looking forward to more questions under this. Now, the next question that I had leads really nicely into about how do we form habits and, and what habits should we be looking at that are no longer serving us? So this chat was asking about, you know, I want to find out more about what you both do with to stay healthy, what food and water, what supplements, what's lifestyle. And for me, Angelica, 
These are all the things we're looking at when we're talking about what habits are going to serve us that we need to be incorporating because no animal in nature, not a single animal in nature, isn't doing what you were saying then and balancing lots of things. They don't think yeah. I've got my shelter so I don't need to eat. You yeah. know, it's life <laughs> is this balancing act the whole time. And when we embrace the fact that we can make different choices around our shelter, our food, our water, our thoughts, yeah. our company, etc. So let's dive into the habits now and sort of say, when we're talking about habits, where do people start? How do they first of all realise, you know what, I've got to make a change, what I'm doing at the moment? They might not label it as habits, but their, their daily life isn't suiting them. Where's the starting point? Yeah, yeah. So I think making a decision, it's it's the first thing, like you're saying, no, I need to change something in my life. I need, you know, having the intention behind that, you know, I really, I'm ready to change. You know, I'm I'm all in now, you know, that doesn't mean that they need to go to a 45 minutes session at the gym. And I think that's where the problem is. That doesn't mean that they need to go to boot camp, mm-hmm. you know, like that doesn't mean that they need to become plant-based overnight. So for me, you know, and I really guide my clients through small changes and that, you know, if people are listening to that and they are in that place of like, I need to do something, I think there are two things that we should start our morning with, that it's a must. We need to exercise our body and we need to exercise our minds. The way that we exercise our bodies, it could look like a five minutes walk on spot while you listen to three songs. If somebody hasn't exercised for a long time, if somebody is overweight and they have a lot of weight to lose and they're putting a lot of weight on their joints, you don't want to do anything drastic. There could be in a five-minute yoga session. They go on YouTube. There's plenty of amazing teachers there. You just choose five minutes. And you start doing that every single morning. And the five minutes exercise of the mind is a five-minute meditation. Now, don't call it meditation because there's so much pressure with that, right? What it is meditation? Do I have to become a monk, like, you know, in a cave and humming? No, it's just five minutes that you do nothing that it could be, again, with an app like I've used at the beginning, Headspace, which I really like, yeah. just to guide you through it, you know, just to really kind of go, okay, you know, now take some deep breaths that, now, does that mean that you're going to sit there and you're not going to have any thoughts, any worries, anything coming up? Oh, yes, you're going to have that. Don't worry about it. The most important thing is to show up to yourself every single day. That is the most important. Does that mean that with the five minutes walk, you're going to become an Olympian overnight? No. But, but I can guarantee you that the five minutes that you walk on, st- you, you walk on spot, it's going to start to make you stronger. It's going to start to make you mentally happier. It's going to start to make you um, feel happier about yourself because you you know that you're doing something for you. And you know that the endorphins will be going. You're going to start the day in a different way. You're going to start tackling things in a different way. So everything starts compounding. Now, I would suggest that people stay on this for at least two weeks. Don't start adding anything to it because that's when, again, it, everything goes pear-shaped. Oh, but I need, no, but I need now to change everything, you know, my diet entirely and I need to, 
you know, go from five minutes, five minutes is not doing anything. I need to do in half an hour. No. It is, it is not like a, a race. It, it is a lifestyle change. It is changing our mindset. I am just going, even if, if I did this for the rest of my life, that's what I'm doing. So when I go back to my myself during chemo, that's what I thought. What can I do for the rest of my life that I, I'm doing now that I can keep doing? And let's face it, walk is, walking is something that everybody can do. It has incredible benefits. You don't have to go to the gym. You know, and when I say walk on the spot is that I have lots of clients that live in Canada, in America, it's really cold in England. You know, so again, if you're walking on the spot, you have no excuses. Mm-hmm. I, I used to exercise on my pajamas and sometimes I still do. You just, you get out of bed, you stand up and you just walk on the spot. There is no excuse for not doing it. And I think another important thing is thinking, okay, so I need an extra 15 minutes in the morning, five minutes to walk on spot, five minutes to do a meditation, you know, another five minutes to give or take. So going to bed 15 minutes earlier so you don't compromise on your sleep. What are most people doing an hour before they go to bed? They are on social media. They're watching crap TV. They are drinking alcohol and eating crap food, you know, snacks and things or chocolate or whatever. You know, nothing is benefiting you. So just go to bed 15 minutes earlier. So you don't have to, it's it's not like you're missing out on anything, is it? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, you know, it's really not like we're missing out. So just, again, it's about that fine balance, respecting yourself. I'm going to go to bed earlier because tomorrow I want to wake up earlier and I don't want to compromise on my sleep and I want to choose me first thing in the morning yeah so if i had to add to that one more thing is do not look at your mobile phone first thing in the morning that is a killer of any any physical mental and emotional health chance of you feeling in control of your life you know i don't turn my phone on until i have done all my morning routine until i finish my breakfast and sometimes until I drop my kids off at school and then I'll turn my phone off. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody is about to die in your family or something, you know, that is something that you know that you need to attend to, there is no need for you to do that. It's very, very true. And I think, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they feel resistance coming up, I really want to cover that before we move on because the resistance is there to tell you something. It's to show you that there's a habit there that is no longer serving you. And when we're honest with ourselves, you know, none of us would be thinking about changing our habits if everything was perfect in our life. But I don't know anyone where everything's perfect in our lives. If we're all honest, there's all areas where we do want to change. I think often the decision is how bad are we going to let it go before we make that change and realizing that there's a choice. You know, if you've got that little voice in your head or that little feeling in your heart that "Mm, I'm talking myself out, when you find yourself trying to convince yourself that what you're doing is okay, I would see those as red warning flags. What about you, Angelica? I think that there is this idea that this inner voice is just going to go away, like pfft, gone away, right? You're going to wake up on Monday morning 
1st of January and their voice is not going to be there anymore. So understanding that that voice is going to be there is a really important part of the process. You need to have an answer to that voice because that voice is going to tell you five minutes is not going to do anything. Why are you doing that again? You've never done anything for too long. This is just a waste of time. Why are you meditating? This is useless. That is just absolutely like the real truth of what everybody's going to go through. But making the decision to take control of that voice, that voice is not the truth. That voice is simply what you're saying, the ego trying to protect you, to keep you safe in whatever you're doing because it's comfortable by nature. We choose that comfort. But that does not mean that it's true. So another trick to the habit is before you go to bed, you rehearsal what's going to happen. You wake up and that little friend is going to be there. Why are you doing that? This is useless. It's not going to do anything for you. Don't get up. It's too dark. It's too cold. So you just tell that little voice gently, I know what you're talking about, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. That's the plan. You know, people that succeed, they have a plan. They don't, don't just go with the flow. You know, this is, you need to have a plan in your mind. What am I going to do tomorrow when that inner voice that has always been there belittling me and, and putting me down and never encouraging me? What am I going to answer to that voice? Because that voice is not going to go away. And that's not because you are crazy. Because everybody has got that little voice. Absolutely. So it's managing that. Yeah. I think it's really, really good advice for people because, you know, preparation is so key to success when you can anticipate these things that you're going to face you can I have a laugh about it you know I I have a laugh with the conversations I have with my voice I find it quite amusing um and and when you can recognize that and separate that from you you know there's so much this is so deep everyone we can go into different areas oh here comes Coco I hope she's not going to pull my internet out um she comes on my desk and then pulls all the internet out um, but I think being prepared now, there's so much research <laughs> to show that your morning routine and your bedtime routine are absolutely key to making any changes in your life. Should we have we've already spoken a little bit about that, but there's books like The Miracle Morning, which I absolutely love. Now, it's pretty full on, but actually you can implement little bits of it. But understanding how you start your day and how you end your day are really crucial. What have you learned about that, Angelica? Yeah, so that's why I really think that starting with and the exercising of your body and exercising of your mind, it's a must. The yes. Miracle Morning is a beautiful book, but, you know, when people read that, I've read that book, it's like, how am I going to fit in all of this, you know, in my morning routine since I have been exhausted, I can't wake up an hour and a half before I need to get out of the house or whatever. So I think that's a little overwhelming I at the start. So I think that if you start with your if, if you start with your body and your mind, and the reason why I start with the body and the mind is because we live in our bodies. You know, even though we can control our thoughts, if our body is 
you know, is in shambles, like mine was, like it's everything is, you know, out of whack and you were exhausted and you, you know, you don't know if you're coming or going, it's very hard for you to focus on anything because you are literally on survival mode. You're getting out of bed exhausted. You're going to work exhausted. You, you, you were just literally surviving. So if you don't attend to your body first thing in the morning, and there is so, like I said, you can go so deep into that, you know, you, you are saying to yourselves, you are a priority. I love you. You are first. It doesn't matter what happens after. I am putting you first. This is the kind of connection I have with my body because I started doing five minutes exercising my body, five minutes exercising my mind. Now, why is it so important to exercise your mind? Because everybody's got this inner crazy voice, this loose monkey inside of their heads that are just running wild. Mm -hmm. And that five minutes, quiet time, no devices, no flashing things, no notifications, nothing. You started, you start understanding that voice, like you're saying, to the point that one day you can actually laugh about it. But most people are not, they don't even understand that their voice is controlling them mm. 24-7. And that's dictating everything that they do 24-7 because they have zero control of what's going on in their heads because they don't know, they don't stop. Yeah. Now, I had a client who um, was, you know, very successful, uh, high achiever, uh, had, was married, happy with kids, ate healthily. Her health was under control physically. But she said, I'm not happy. I'm just not happy. And everybody tells me to meditate and, you know, I haven't got time. This is ridiculous. The thing is with meditation is that you need to sit with yourself. Mm. And that's scary. And that, that can be quite scary and daunting because if you are like me before cancer, I had never sat with myself. I didn't even know who I was. I'm like, who is this person? Who is this body? What is this voice? What is going on? How did I even get here? And of course, as soon as you start going down there, you can either... Let the resistance control you and you stop doing it altogether. Or you can embrace this journey and think, you know what? Yeah, I have, there's so many things that I want to change. I have been doing so many things that are not really benefiting me. You know, I'm just going down the wrong path here. You know, I, I was all, I felt that it was almost like I needed to learn how to walk again. I need to learn how to talk again because everything that I've been doing is wrong. Mm. See, so being prepared to sit with that, it can be challenging. But I would always say to people, don't underestimate the power of five minutes, a, diff a different habit. Because yeah. I am here today because I was prepared to sit there for the five minutes, to exercise for the five minutes, to do my yoga practice for five minutes. And some days I would think to myself, this is not doing anything. Nothing is doing anything. I'm not getting any back. I had many setbacks. I would go in to have my, my chemotherapy treatment and, and they would be saying to me, your bloods are not good enough. You've got low platelets. You've got low white cells. You know, you, this is happening. That's happening. And I, and I, and I was already changing. Mm. 
But the thing is, like, it takes time for the body to create the disease. It takes time. It takes time for the the body to create harmony again, and and to re-regulate again, to find a new normal again. So, patience and persistence, and it's really really important. Yeah, I think that's just absolutely key. Um, in terms of um, when people are, if you're starting working with clients and you're starting to get them to sort of self-assess, so we've got the starting point, the morning starting point, mind and body start small. I 100% agree with that. So if people are listening to this and they're thinking, right, but there's so much about my life that I want to change, we know we're going to start small. But how do you keep um, the motivation to sort of start then adding things on? So when do you start adding the next things on so that because positive feedback is a real encourager for people, isn't it? When they do start feeling different, when they do start seeing that change, it can give you that next boost to keep going and know that you can achieve more. How do you cover that process with your clients? So there are a couple of options. Like there is an option that we have Zoom sessions and we have, I, I provide them a, a one-to-one support via text in between sessions, which I really believe is very, very important in this process because life keeps happening. Yeah. And you probably have experienced that with your clients as well. And as soon as something happens that is a little bit out of the whack, you know, it's very easy for them to just like, that's it, you know, all my routine is out of whack. I don't know what to do. And in actual fact, that's a really important part of the process to go, okay, that happened. That's good. That's great. So now, you know, how are we going to keep going? How, you know, we were going before with the morning routine and it might be that, you know, people are doing 15 minutes, but you know, there's a couple of things happen. So that day don't miss it all together, but you do five minutes. Or you do your work during lunchtime. So it's teaching people to think for themselves as well. You know, and sometimes, you know, as you probably have experienced, some people are quicker to grasp, you know, the whole idea of like, yeah, no, I'm I'm on a roll now. I really like it. You know, I, I want to change more. I want more. What should I do here? What should I do there? And some people, it takes a little longer. Again, there is no judgment here. We yes. all need to start with what we've got you know like there was no point in like if if you know during my healing journey if i was like stage three back answer keep thinking to myself oh my god you know why you know like why do i start here you know i'm so sick and poor me and i'm so sorry for myself i mean that doesn't help anybody yeah so talk us you know so you've got okay so this is what i've got yeah I think that leads really, really nicely into the brain. So a lot of people will say, I can't because. And Mm -hmm. I think you are particularly good. I mean, anyone who's not on Angelica's newsletter list, please get on Angelica's newsletter list. The links are below. The amount of advice (laughs) and really, really good advice and straight talking advice that you give out for free is absolutely phenomenal. And this is what I mean. There's people out there like Angelica that really, really want to help. We're all in this together. You know, we can we can all learn from each other and help support each other. But when people are, it's a, another habit, isn't it? That we go, some people more than others will go straight into, I can't because rather than I can. 
And we've anyone yeah. who's got children, we know how to encourage and work through that. But often as adults, they don't necessarily feel they've got that encouragement, which is why working with someone else to give you that encouragement is often key to success. But recognition that you're going into, I can't pull me, is the first step, would you say? The first step. I mean, I have had clients that still, by the time that they come to me, they are feeling very um, desperate because they have been to different health professionals. They haven't had the answer that they want. They have tried all the magic pills and all the quick fixes and nothing has, has really helped them. And they are ready to change. But in saying that, there are clients that when things get hard, you know, there is a lot of resistance, you know, and I will, um, and I think it's important as a coach to, to be honest with people. You know, when people say I can't because my first initial thought, it will be to give them an alternative solution. Okay, let's say I don't like walking. I hate walking. Okay, so what do you like doing? You know, do you like yoga? Do you like swimming do you love like you know going on your bike you know but you know you need to choose one thing that you enjoy I think that's really important you like dancing whatever it is but bottom line is what are you going to do Hmm. to exercise your body you know and and I think it's you know the person can come up with their own you know plan that that makes them feel you know happier that's fine but if they if the answer is always I can't because because I can't, because I will hold their hand as much as I can. But it does get to a point that you need to say, okay, so do you remember why we got together? What it, what it is your goal? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, my goal it is to, you know, get my energy levels up, or my goal it is to heal myself from, you know, anxiety or from acid reflux or from my constipation issues or from, you know, I want to finish cancer treatment feeling stronger like you did. Okay, so... If that is your goal, what are you prepared to do every single day to get you there? Mm. Because by doing nothing, you're not going to get there. And I think because I live through it, if people, especially if people have, you know, going through the cancer treatment, the cancer journey, if people say to me, like, I'm really tired, then I'll be like, yeah, I know. Mm. I've been there. I have been there. I know. It's exhausting. It's not fun. It's not great. It's not ideal. But I'm telling you, if you do it now, if you push through it now, the results are going to be amazing. You are not going to believe how much your body is going to give back to you. Mm-hmm. So it's taking them on this journey of, you know, I think it's really important to reconnect them to their why. Yes. A lot of people, for example, you know, these days they want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to lose weight and they want to lose weight fast because they want to see themselves in that bikini picture Mm. that's it that's all they have in their mind and i just want to look sexy i want to look you know beautiful i want to look like this you know like these instagram pictures or whatever okay but that is not enough motivation to get you doing what you need to do especially if you need to lose a lot of weight to get there you Mm. need to have something deeper than that You know, you're going to try for a week, you're going to try for two weeks, and then you're going to go back and doing the same things as you did before. And this is why weight loss is an industry that is worth trillions of dollars. Absolutely. You know, because it's on people's minds. Yes. 
Yeah. yeah, everyone wants a quick fix, but at the end of the day, there's tools that can help us get started and make our journey easier. There's choices we can make from there, but it, no one else is going to do it. So I loved in your latest newsletter, this really stood out for me because I thought, bingo, there's so many people that feel this. I don't think there's anyone that won't have felt this. When someone says to you, well, okay, you, you've come up and you're building on different habits that change your way. Because that's Joe Dispenza, and as everyone says, you know, you're not going to get different results if you don't start doing things differently. Yeah. So it's literally that simple for me. It's like, you know, I have this every day, Angelica. It's like, well, yeah, if I want to do different, if I want to feel differently, if I want to have more energy, if I want to whatever your goal might be, then I have to do something differently because if I keep doing the same thing, I'm going to yeah. keep getting the same results. So that realisation it is literally that honest and that straightforward. But I noticed someone asked you about, well, how do you not worry that you're going to slip back into your old habits? And, and most people do slip back quite quickly yeah. into old habits. And mm -hmm. I love it. When you said, well, I sat there and I thought, do I want to feel exhausted again? Do I want to feel out of control? Do So talk us through when people, because it's that nag, that voice again. Everyone's thinking, but it's not going to last. I've tried it before. I've tried changing before. It hasn't worked. What's that switch? Yeah. So I'm going to talk about an emotional habit that I change, actually a couple, that was really ingraining my physical body. and. It, it was my addiction to anger mm. and my addiction to which, which really, uh, you know, became a deep resentment inside of me with everything and my default mode to react towards anything that happened to my life and my addiction to stress. And, you know, the addiction, both of them came from observing my parents dealing with things because when I was about, uh, you know, 15, my, my dad had a business with his family and, it, you know, it, it didn't work out. And our lives became quite tormented in that period. And, you know, I saw my dad just being very angry and very, you know, everything. It was uh, stressed and my house was just horrendous, you know. And I, I kind of thought this is how you deal with life. This is how you, you know, like you're saying, you know, kids do what you do, not what you ask them to do, Right. And I created this and I manifested stressful jobs and I manifested, you know, opportunities in my life to, to be angry. And after I finished chemotherapy, feeling my physical body was, in, you know, in excellent, you know, shape for what I had gone through, I realized I need to now start tapping into my mental and emotional habits because I can't get a stress like this anymore. You know, I can't keep being stressed all the time and worrying crazy. I can't do this anymore. I can't afford to, to doing that anymore. You know, for one stressful situation, it can shut down your immune system for five hours. Yeah. For that. You know, it was, it was, it was real. Like for me, it was like, this is a fact. So what am I going to do about it? And I started observing myself, how I dealt with everything and, and becoming really self-aware of, wow, why do I get so angry about something that's got nothing to do with me? <laughs> it's, this is just, it's very interesting. And, you know, and I started observing someone and I stopped being scared to sit with me, to sit with my feelings and with my, 
you know, the way that I was, I think a lot of it, we feel shame and we feel guilt, you know, why am I so crazy? You know, like, why, why do I behave like this? Or, you know, I want to change, but I don't know how, because you are in kind of that self-awareness stage um, and, and thinking like, how, how do I move that to create a new habit? Mm. And I think what people don't realize is that every plate of food that you eat, every time you exercise, every meditation practice, you start building a different foundation, a different environment inside you at a physical level, at an energetic level in your cells, and at an emotional level. So that urge starts getting less and less because if you think about it, a person who is eating constantly sugar, drinking alcohol, and not, you know, not sleeping, not exercising, it doesn't take that much for that person to be stressed. It doesn't yeah. take that much for that person to be angry. I was that person. But once I start looking after my terrain, my garden, it was easier to become aware of the habit. And when it comes to an emotional habit, it's just about becoming aware every time it pops, it pops up. Here, here I go. I'm angry again. This is it. I'm angry again. This is really interesting. There is no judgment. I'm just angry. That's okay. I'm not going to judge myself. I'm not going to kill myself over it. I am just angry again. I am just stressed. Why am I so stressed about this? Can, can, what can I do in this situation? You know, like worry. You, you say, I was like that. I was constantly worrying, constantly worrying until my life became so fragile that I couldn't even plan the next day because the next day I could have been in emergency yeah. in the hospital. So planning was just an illusion. So when life got me to that, to, to facing that, do you want to plan? Well, I'm going to show you how you can plan. So tomorrow you're going to be, you know, you're at the emergency. You're like, why did I even worry about that? I didn't even know I was going to be here. And I really think, and I mean, this is perhaps another episode that we could do. We manifest things in our life so we can go through our learning. And again, because I'm stubborn as hell, I manifested something that was pretty serious for me to see what I needed to do. So we do those things here. So people don't have to go through those things, right? Exactly. <laughs> so people can just wake up before. <laughs> yeah. And it's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice. It's an energy choice. And I think recognizing that about yourself is absolutely key. Because, yes, you can have loved ones and friends and things that can helpfully try and point things out to you. But until you accept it yourself and are honest with yourself about your patterns, someone once said to me, a while ago, you know, I've my whole corporate career was on project planning, risk management, looking at things that could go wrong and mitigating those risks. And I was really, really good at it. And my father was really good at risk management type of things as well. And then someone said to me, yeah. well, are you sure you're not uh, arsonist firefighter? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And it's like, do you, do you subconsciously create or attract things into your life just so that you can continually reinforce how good you are at sorting those crises out? And I was like, it was such an aha moment for me. It was such. Yeah. And it was said from a place of 
Um, I mean, I didn't even know this person so well, but they were so perceptive and they were saying it from a really helpful place. And I could have chosen to argue against that or I could have like, oh, my God. And then when you realize it and you can accept it, you can then decide to do something about it. And what you realize is I have realized I've created so much energy to be able to put into creating things I do want in my life just by not using that same energy for worrying about things that I could have chosen to change at any time. Now, it might have taken me quite a long time to get there. And this is why I laugh through these conversations. As we've said the whole time, it's not a race. You will get there when you're wanting to. But if you're even watching this today, if you're thinking about reaching out to work with any sort of coach, I would just say, listen to yourself. There's some part of you that's crying out for help. There's some part of you that wants to make a change and knows that things could be even better in your life and that will have a knock-on effect on loved ones. So talk me through, Angelica, for you, as you've made such huge changes. So people, Angelica is an expert at getting people to recreate new habits and most importantly stick to them. What has been the reaction from people that have known you for a long while, like loved ones, family members, friends, et cetera? Um, Really interesting. Uh, When I decided to go plant-based, as which was one of the first kind of changes that I made after reading, uh, you know, about nutrition and what I needed to do in my journey, um, nobody thought it was a good idea. my family not my husband or my kids but like extended family they were like you can't you've got to eat meat and I'm like nah I'm not you know that that's it you know like I am very I have been very independent uh you know from my family and from um you know my husband's family they know how strong-minded I am and and I kind of you know this is it this is my journey you know this is my body I'm doing this and um and I can't, you know, for me, it was very much, I, you know, for me, it was like life or death. I needed to make some drastic changes. And and there was nothing that was going to deviate me from that. I think it gets tricky. Like we live here in Australia and uh, we don't have family here. So it's easier for us in a way. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of talks all the time. Are you still not going to eat meat? Are you not going to drink milk? Are you not going to eat cheese? Are you not going to? You know, like you, you know, it's it's really good for you. You're not gonna eat pasta. <laughs> it's like no, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. And it's like for me, it's like they don't know, you know. And after seeing me, because of course they hadn't seen me, and you know, until after the the treatment and how well we all looked, me, my husband, and my kids. Everybody was like, "Wow, like this is incredible. Like this is just." The proof is in the pudding. I mean, you guys are thriving. Like, I can see that. And I, I would say a few family members have taken on on board some of our changes for sure, uh, but not everybody. Um, and again, I think that, you know, I have a lot of clients that say, they say to me, my husband is never going to do that. You know, my kids are never going to do that. You know, again, I think it's important not to worry about that. And just to focus on you and stay in your lane, if that's the case. Like, I was really lucky that my husband was like, okay, fine, I get it. And I kept explaining to him what happened, you know, and he reaped the benefits because he's in the best shape of his life and he's going to be 50. 
my kids, it was a little struggle at the beginning. No, they didn't want to change. No, I kind of, you know, kind of kept being persistent. Again, sometimes I would cook the same meal seven times before my daughter would say, oh, yeah, I really like that. Mm. These parts take a while to change, don't they? Because, you know, different conversations. Yeah. Your microbiome, if you're feeding it the wrong stuff, then your mouth and taste buds and everything will crave the wrong stuff. Because I say it's like there's little bad gremlins in your mouth that's saying, give me sugar, give me sugar, give me sugar. So, you know, this is yes. why. I know, I know exactly. Yeah, it's amazing to see how your taste change when you tip over that threshold of consistency, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, sometimes I eat an apple and I'm like, oh, my God, they've added sugar to this apple. This is just too sweet for me yes. <laughs> because I don't eat any more refined sugar, you know. But it is a gradual process. And I think it's it's important to always reconnect your eye because it's not an nobody wants to change. Right. Like change is like it is challenging. We all like comfort and, you know, and, and doing the same things. But. When you look at it and you have a really good audit of your life, you have to ask yourself, do I actually feel great? Do I jump out of bed feeling, you know, full of energy and happy and excited about the day? You know, people think like, oh, that's an illusion. I say, it's not. It's yes. not an illusion. An illusion is living in exhaustion and thinking this is the only way. No, I'm not sitting here and saying I don't have any problems, I don't have any stress, I don't work on anything else, and I'm perfect. But I have committed to show up to myself every single day. So when back to that question, which I actually didn't finish, when when people say to me, like, are you not scared to go back to your old self? It's impossible. I've created a different pattern. Mm. It's literally impossible. My body doesn't know how to be angry anymore like I was before. My body doesn't know how to be stressed all the time like I was before. Mm. You start creating different patterns, which is the work that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, you know, by sitting in meditation and, you know, by kind of... Um, uh, how does he say, like, taking the reins of the bull, you know, like, it's just every time, you know, that your mind wanders, you you bring it back. Your mind wanders, you bring it back. The same thing, you know, I'm angry. Yeah, I'm angry. Okay, well, now it's time to go for a walk, you know, and, and just have an intention to let this go. Yeah. You know, and the more you start doing those things, the more you start creating different patterns inside your body, different energy in your cells. And you'll become a different person. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I can't wait to see the questions we've got from this. So I just want to, I know we've been going for a while, but a couple more things that I really want to sort of cover. First and foremost, perception. So you covered something really, really important there that I just want to bring out a bit more for people. People don't realize how good things can be. Because it, these changes creep up gradually on ourselves, the weight, the lack of energy, they're not having time to cook, yeah. et cetera. And most people watching us, not all, I know all of our situations are unique, but a lot of people um, are lucky enough to have a lot of choices. You know, anyone that can go to a supermarket and has a choice of food, that that's a real luxury that many people in the world yes. do have. So... 
convenience can be such a killer of dreams. Yeah. So recognizing that we have these choices and recognizing that almost, I sort of say, going back to the more simpler way of things, I, I feel really, really lucky. So I can have my washing machine and my tumble dryer and my, my I actually yes. try not to use supermarkets for, you know, other reasons, for ethical reasons. But actually going back to what yeah. I, when I grew up, my mother didn't have big supermarkets that you could go into things. You had to go to the greengrocers for your fruit and veg and you went to the butchers for your mm. meat. And, um, you know, it was a, a full day's job going and getting the supplies in. Yeah. Every day food was cooked from scratch because we didn't have convenient meals. You know, you didn't have ready-made meals. Yeah. So it's lovely we've got that choice and we don't have to be perfect all the time, but realising the joy in going back to those basic life skills, I think can be yeah. transformational. I'm now lucky enough. I'm in a state where I work from home most of the time. So I've yeah. got a vegetable garden going again. I've got into sprouting. I've got into yeah. all sorts of things that I've wanted to do. So that joy of going back to the basics in life can be so great to reconnect with, do you think? I think gradually changes everything like I at the beginning of my journey um you know I started I made a shift I would say I was quite a negative person because of everything that I had gone through especially with my family because my dad and my mom and everybody became very negative because our lives became hell overnight but as soon as I was ready to conquer the cancer and and their whole journey I started being grateful for being in Australia in a first world country where I had the best service ever, you know, being grateful to having a poo after chemotherapy and not being constipated, being grateful for having had the best surgeon, you know, to, to have done my emergency surgery, mm. uh, being grateful for having a plate of food that was healing, you know, every, with every mouth full. And I think that bottom line is, you know, when you talk about convenience is that People don't prioritize their health, and that's the bottom line. Yeah, where where what people are doing with their time these days? They're spending on social media. Uh, they are spending on yeah, going to get a takeaway or what? You know, if if anything, I think social media is actually a killer of a lot of things. You know, because people are just scrolling and you know not not educating themselves and applying anything to their lives and wasting their time. And when it gets down to time management, when when something is important to you, like your social media scrolling, you make time for it. Absolutely. You know, when it's not, you know, so it's really like thinking, you know, before I would be the first to say, oh, health is the most important thing. But I didn't live by by that. No. I didn't display those actions every single day. You know, it is about thinking that, you know, is health really important to me? Why? I sat at, at the reception waiting for my chemotherapy treatment with people that were at least 20 years older than me. I was by far the youngest. They would look at me and think like, what are you doing here? You know, if I didn't have a pick line, they would probably think I was with somebody. And I, 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 I had a, a real conversation with myself. Do I want to end up here again? Is that how I want to grow old? 
I mean, some people from one week to another, they'll come, come in like half dead. Mm. And I'll be, I don't want to, I don't want to come to this place anymore. I'm going to do everything I can every single day. So I never depend on doctors that I don't depend on medication. I was dependent on them. Mm. And, you know, the, is that a guarantee? No, it's not. But what is the, what is the other choice? Keep doing what I was doing, going back to drinking alcohol, eating crap food and being stressed out and angry and unhappy. I don't want to go back there. So until people are ready to have a hard conversation with themselves, you know, change is it's impossible to make. But once you're ready to to really have a serious conversation with yourself, you know, little by little you start creating a different version of yourself, a different body, a different mind. A diff- I, I have a belief that anything is possible Me when too. you set your mind to. Anything is possible when that does that, that does not mean you're gonna be sitting in the sofa eating cakes. I'm sorry. You know, that means you're going to have to to do stuff. You know, and I think it's it's a choice. You know, do you want to be ready? You know, do you actually want to do things or not? Or do you want to stay where you are at? And for me, another important part, what motivated me, especially at the beginning, and I would always say this, is that I couldn't do it for me at the beginning. I did it for my children because I, they were six and four. And the thought of them growing up with our mom, I, I just couldn't bear it. So that got me motivated. So this whole idea that a bikini picture is going to motivate you, you forget about it. It's not. You need to have a deeper why. If yeah. you want to get out of bed every day and control that inner voice and, you know, get out when it's dark and cold, uh, you know, when you haven't, you know, done for years, when you want to lose the weight, it's not going to be easy. But is it impossible? No, it's not. And are the rewards worth it? Absolutely. Exactly. And can anybody do it for you? No. Like I knew that the, onco- the oncologists were doing the best they could. You know, the gastroenterologists, they're doing the best. They were doing their job. But it was my job to take control. And it's everybody's job to take control of their health. There are things that only each of us can do. And that goes beyond taking supplements, right? As you know, mm. supplements is a, is a, it's sitting here. But the things that you need to do physically, mentally, and emotionally, it sits with you. Yeah. Supplements are not an excuse for living an unhealthy yeah. lifestyle. They are a brilliant enabler to one of your habits that you're going to look through, whether you do it on your own or with your coach. Can I just come back to the eating cake on the sofa? So for me, the biggest perception, and I've seen this, my daughter has got a massive why, and she is so brilliant at sticking to her habit. She's understood what she needs to do to make the changes to achieve what she wants. And she is an absolute inspiration. I mean, I'm blown away by how good she is. Yeah. But what I want to say to people, and I really want your opinion on this, is the difference is, 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 and please correct me if I'm wrong, you're not sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I'm missing out 
sitting on the sofa eating cake and with my glass of wine because you don't want to do it anymore so like when you said it's impossible for you to go back to the own way when you make these changes it's not that you're sitting there each day feeling that you're making a sacrifice you you don't ever want to make that choice again talk me through how that works for you so um I beat drink for 16 years and um you know, and I never stopped drinking alcohol after the kids, you know, like I kept drinking two units every Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday before, you know, you're drinking every day and you know how it goes. Sugar is the same thing. You know, everybody, you know, brings cakes to work and you eat a bit. Oh, yeah, I'm not addicted to sugar. There's sugar in everything. Now, once you start understanding the, the you know, the scientific or whatever you want to call the knowledge behind why you're doing that. And for me, that is also important. You know, it, it takes to live three hours to to detox from one unit of alcohol. And I'm like, you know, I, I've been to drink for 16 years. You know, my liver is probably still doing that. You know, like I, I don't, I can't imagine going back to any of it. Like if I... If I see things that are, you know, like, you know, cakes and and chocolate, like even, you know, I I would eat dark chocolate, but I wouldn't eat any milk chocolate anymore. I mean, I am strict because I have to be strict because I have gone through what I have gone through, right? And I want to put this out there as well. But I do think that the whole, like, I only do a little bit. These days, you have to be so conscious about what you do because it's sugar, alcohol. You know, convenience is everywhere. So once you start getting into a new, creating a new normal inside your body, if we have one takeaway a week, and we would have to be to restaurants that I know where it's from and all the rest of it, you know, I feel in my body and I don't want to have any more than that. Mm. If I, I go to a place where, you know, there is, you know, nothing for me to eat, I will just look for the absolutely the healthiest thing. I mean, I'll get out of my way. To, I'm not doing that because, you know, out of, it's not a chore. It is a habit now. It is my habit. I don't even think about it. I just do it. My kids do it. My husband does it. It's not, we don't even think about it. My, my kids will say to me, mommy, I've eaten too much sugar. I don't want this anymore. If they go to a party. They would tell me, mommy, we've eaten one, you know, like we went to the restaurant, you know, if you take, if you go to the restaurant and you bring, a, you know, like some, the leftovers home and you eat for lunch, they'll be like, oh, can we have something at home today? Because, you know, eating twice is too much. So it, it, it's, but it, it's a, it's unconscious now. Like you say, it's unconscious. It's not even conscious anymore for me. Yeah. That's why I wanted to really people realize is it's not you're not what by what we're talking about, you're not going to then spend the whole your rest of your life feeling like you're missing out. It's no. absolutely completely the opposite because there will be a point when your body makes that switch over where they really you're not craving those choices anymore. And you know, this is the joy, is it's not um it's very hard when people start down the journey, do you think, Angelica, for it not to feel like an overwhelming mountain to climb, which is why we keep coming back. 
start small work with someone to get some support and if you if you can't afford a coach there's so much good online resources that you can look at books that you can get etc so there's there's something out there for everyone but don't feel that that the the rewards so outweigh the benefit and and taking that first step to changing is literally like taking the first step to recreating your new life I, I totally agree. And I think it's, um, I am, I think that that's a big misconception. People thinking that we're here suffering, you know, like I could, if you ask me, uh, I haven't had like a soda. There is things that I would never, ha- I've never had after my cancer treatment. You know, I would never have a McDonald's. Like I would never have that. Not even like I would rather go hungry. You know, there are things that I would not have. But for me, like the idea of it, it is it's it's actually quite scary i'm like i just you know i couldn't even face this you know in the same way as maybe people think about you know healthy food like that i think about unhealthy food like that like why would i even do this you know like this is this is crazy you know and and i think you mentioned briefly about the supermarket i didn't go to the supermarket for you know 3 months when i kind of self quarantined during treatment and i remember the first day i went to the supermarket I had made so many changes already. My husband would go and get all the veggies and we would be cooking at home. And it was so overwhelming, that experience of going to the supermarket for the first time. You know, it was like if I had never been to one. And I looked around and I started going through the aisles because you've got the veggies and fruit. And I was like, oh, my God, sugar, 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 process, 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 sugar, 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 sugar. And I was just like, whoa. And I actually felt a deep compassion for everybody that is trying to be healthy because I thought to myself, how can somebody who has got no idea, who's confused, who is trying to lose weight, trying to get control of their health, come out of this place with a healthy trolley? Absolutely. It is virtually impossible. It's it's impossible. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and this is the thing. Yeah. Like, I think you said so many times in this interview, and I'm so grateful that you have, that this is not about beating yourself up. It's not about judging yourself. There's a huge difference between understanding where you're at and criticizing yourself for it. That, that it's so easy. It's virtually impossible. I'm very lucky. We live in a little village quite a long way from the other towns. So I have no temptation to get takeaways most of the time. I'm not saying we never have one. but If we have one, we've got to get in the car, drive 20, 25 minutes. By the time you get back, it's cold. You know, we don't have any that deliver to us. It's such a blessing. Mm -hmm. Whilst if I lived in the middle of a town, a city or something, obviously I've got way more temptations to me. So don't beat yourself up about this, but please don't feel that this is a hardship, is a suffering. It is literally the biggest thing I want to leave people with. It's the complete opposite. I've got yeah. loads of habits that I'm going to be speaking to Angelica about, you know, sort of working with, because this is the thing is once you start and then you master yeah. one new habit, then you're ready to take on the next one. And some people can take yeah. on loads once and other people can't so it's a very individual journey but just starting somewhere so if we had to wrap up today if people were sitting there thinking right okay 
I've got to sort of first of all realize what my habits are and secondly start. We start, we've been really clear about five minutes in the morning for your physical body and quiet in your mind. Um yeah. other things do you want people to walk away from summaries from this interview? What are your must-haves that you really want people to remember? So they sleep, definitely don't compromise your sleep. Going to bed 15 minutes early if you are going to to bed, you know, <laughs> if you are going to wake up 15 minutes earlier. You know, I, I run to my bed at nine o'clock and I wake up at five. So I have eight hours. I literally run to my bed. I say to my husband, do you have anything else to say? Because I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so unless the house is on fire, I am rushing to bed. And and I think that, uh, you know, if people are going to change their diet, change one thing at a time. So change their whole breakfast. Yeah. You know, that's it. and then and then after two weeks, you know, change their lunches. After two weeks and you start introducing the dinners a bit harder because you have to incorporate the whole family. Right. Um, I, I actually do have a course which is called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. It's one hundred and forty seven US dollars. You can add the link below if people want to get it, which takes people by the hand on those simple habits that they can implement with how to change the breakfast and lunch as well. But I think, like I said, it's so important to stop taking all of these devices like, oh, this is too hard. Start where you are at. Start with small steps. And once you start getting the momentum, don't go and jump again. The consistency, it's more important than how many minutes you're exercising and how many minutes you're meditating. You know, when you feel, when you actually feel like this is actually part of who I am, then you move to the next habit. Love it. You know, because everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot on. So, and I think, you know, when you start your day like this, the most important thing is that you're choosing you as a mom. And, you you know, you know that, like, it's so hard for us to choose ourselves. And as a parent, you know, or if you're, you know, if you've got family members or, or, or animals to look after. You know, I've had clients say, oh, I've got to feed my dogs first. I've, you know, okay, so how do we incorporate that to choosing you? Because once you fill your cup every morning, every day, you are not kind of getting your bank balance on the negative every day, which is what most people are doing. I love it. And for those of you with animals, um, one of the biggest joys can be watching them return back to health. And that's what I specialize in is working with people to change their habits, the the diet plans, the exercise, the sort of it's just as important for our animals as Coco will testify here lying on my desk. Um, but this yeah. is have fun with this. Let us know your questions below. Um, or if you're listening to this on the podcast, feel free to email me in and we can answer them next time. I'm going to be putting all Angelica's links below about how you can connect with her. Please sign up to her newsletter. It is brilliant. Um, and also about the Change Your Habits, Change Your Life course that she offers as well. And what I would say is there's never a better time than right now. Exactly. That's so, it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just start where you are and start now with what you have. Love it. Thank you so much, Angelica. I love these conversations so much. I, I learn so much. I find it so, so useful. 
we really appreciate your honesty and sharing your journey. It's just so wonderful to see. And I'm sure we will be back again soon. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank much. you so much. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favorite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com. All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button, depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.